Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Joyce, welcome to What's the Point? Welcome. We're so happy you're here. I can't believe I am here. (laughs) (laughs) So Sarah Joyce and I have known each other for almost 10 years now, way back when my first job out of college was at Beats by Dre. And Sarah was my guardian angel and best friend. (laughs) I would literally just come and hang out because we didn't actually have, so for context, Sarah is now the global head of corporate communication at Beats by Dre. And when I started, I was absolutely not working on your team or I think we were, yeah, we weren't on, but we like found our way to each other, connected very quickly. You're my guardian angel and best friend. And I would just go, my boss at the time was always out of town. So I would just go and do work from like sitting next to her, like at her desk because I just and wanted to And keep in mind, out. I had a team of all girls the same age. Yeah. So yeah. kind of like, they were like, wait, why are you bringing this, <laughs> this other person? It was honestly really sweet. We were just best friends. Yeah. It's I so just, nice like, that you had that connection, I think too, like not to sidetrack, but to have like a female presence and mentor, like in a professional setting that is usually male dominated dominated in this like music industry, I'm sure made a huge difference in your life too, Jasmine. Also, anyone who knows me knows that like I collect females. Mm-hmm. Love that. Like young females, like that's, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to make your life easier than I ever had it. Like, how can I help? See, that's the best Where did you energy. get that from? You know, I it's a little bit inside me because I'm a Pisces. Mm-hmm. Or like, <laughs> But, Leo rising, right? Yeah. But also I had a really great first boss and I didn't realize until I was older how much she made an impact on my life. And I'm very grateful. I and mean, it was more like, you know, you only know what you know. So you didn't mm-hmm. know how rare that was. And then you go on and you have other jobs and meet other people. And I've met other great women along the way. And when the difference between, you know, when you really have an amazing female mentor boss, it's life-changing. I mean, because it teaches you what you can be. You know, someone once told me, like, you don't have to be a jerk to be successful. And, so true. And it's like, I think we always see, you know, either you're like, 
especially females, and I grew up because I'm obviously older, but like growing up, it's like the successful woman's always the bitch who can't be the mom, who's always cutthroat, who always is like, you know, the Samantha in the Mm. show, you know, you couldn't be, I'm like, but I'm Charlotte and Samantha. Right. (laughs) And why do I have to choose? Yeah. And so I think I always, you know, I always say when people say like, what's your, my dream job is I already have, it's being a mom. So being a mom allowed me to actually be successful because I'm like, what more could I want? And then I sort of like, how do you create that hybrid? And I learned that from having an awesome first boss. That is so sweet. And also, so I feel like that's the biggest thing with women is, and I've just started to learn this in my thirties is you can be more than one thing at once. But I think because we're so fearful of like, like even when you're dating and you're single, you're like afraid to be the desperate person, but you're also too independent. Like we're just always put in these boxes, but it's true. Like you can be Charlotte and Samantha. You don't have to be one thing. Yeah. And I also think like, I wish I had someone like you, Sarah, as a boss early on, because I think early on, like your pre post-college years is when you start developing this like sense of self-worth. And for me, I was put in these jobs that were very male dominated and I didn't always have such great bosses. And I started to develop like not great self-worth. Like I wouldn't ask for the raise when I should have. I was shy. I was easily like stepped all over upon because I didn't have someone to help empower me and look up to and to give me advice on how to act. So I think, you know, especially like out of right out of college, if you're not kind of in someone holding you or having a guardian angel, like you said, Jasmine, it becomes hard and you have to start really building your own self-worth and take it into your own hands. I mean, by the way, don't get it twisted. Like I didn't have any of that for a long time. (laughs) I, I really think it was when I became a mom, I was like, fuck it. I'd rather be home with my kids. So I don't know. It was like I got to everywhere I wanted to be, which was to be a mom. So like work, I sort of it became this revolutionary road effect where I cared less about what I was saying or doing. And by virtue of that, I became more of a badass at work because I actually had the confidence to push back, to say no, to say what I wanted, to give my, you know, my opinion because I knew I just really wanted to get home to my kids and what's the worst that could happen? You could fire me. I still get to be the mother of my two children or one child at the time. But because I was like sort of broke out of this paradigm, (laughs) I started to do, I came into success. And funny enough, I think a lot of people think like, oh, once I have kids and you know, you're pregnant. I don't know if that's- Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And and, um, (laughs) you know, you think, okay, well now I, I have to sort of put my career on the back burner. I didn't become successful until after I had children, which is sort of weird when I think about it, you know? I'm like, and I think a lot of it is because I came into being like more of my true self and I was able to be honest with myself and I had to make choices. And it was like, up until that point too, I also like, you know, we talk about labels. I was always labeled. Like I was the short girl with like big boobs and tattoos that like to have fun. So therefore, when I was at work, I couldn't be the smart girl or the serious girl, or I couldn't do business press, or I couldn't do like everyone wanted to put me in this box because that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Even like we have these bias. And I was a little insecure about that because I was like, well, but I'm not that. I'm also this. Mm-hmm. And just because I wear that doesn't make me, you know what I mean? And then when I had a, well, became a mom, I was like, oh, I felt safe because I was like, now I feel you can judge me for something that is real and that I don't mind being judged for. 
Wow, that's so beautiful. So you mentioned the word success a lot. And so this podcast is about fulfillment and, you know, debunking that and demystifying what this actually means. So first off the bat, like, what is your meaning of success? And does that tie into fulfillment at all? Like, what is your, or are they two separate things for you? Well, as someone who didn't grow up with like a lot of money, for me, you know, when I think of success, one, it's being able to buy anything at Whole Foods and not feel guilty. How about Irwan? <laughs> I like, want to be the mom that can buy groceries at yeah. Irwan. When you're buying groceries at Irwan, like you're, you've made yeah, it. Yeah, not you just know, the you're not even food, looking. Like not even the looking. broccoli that yeah. costs like $20 for one cent. Yes. The $20 pre-cut watermelon. Yes, done. <laughs> like I'm here for it. Um, you know, so there's, I, I mean, I want to say it's not where I am, which is paying my ex-husband child support. That wasn't really factored in. To my is that what's going on right now? Oh, yeah. So, yes, there's a bit of financial freedom and success where you feel like, okay, I am in charge of my choices. I'm not relying on anyone. And it gives you financial freedom, you know, to be able to go to Whole Foods and buy whatever you want you know, to buy like a hundred dollar bottle of wine to pair with like, or take a taco night just cause, and, you know, to feel like you could spoil your kids just a little bit, like things like that, go on vacation. Um, but it's also feeling confident enough in your job that you can push back. You could have an opinion that you're contributing and it took, you know, it takes a while to get there. Is that the same as fulfillment for you? I mean, I don't know because I'm always you know, there's always, we always want more different or less. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it always feels like someone else. Well, if I had that, and I think for me, I mean, and again, this goes to me, I've talked a lot about like my identity being so closely tied with being a mom and, but then I got divorced and then there's half the time where I don't know my identity because I'm not with my kids. And so it's hard to say, like, I don't feel that that takes away some of my fulfillment. And I've been trying to figure out like, okay, well, how do I make up for that? And it's not money and it's not work, mm -hmm. but it's maybe other things like, you know, trying to rethink what happiness is and balance. Um, because maybe it is really healthy to have time to be with friends and by yourself and be at work where kids aren't so much of your day to day. Because I see a lot of people who are with their kids all the time and they're like, I can't wait to get rid of them. Whereas like, right. I think having to share custody has made me more present and more grateful. You know, I, I call it being humbled by life. When you're humbled by life, it really allows you to be fulfilled even with simple things. Well, that was what I was going to start with is that you are like such a positive force in my life always have been. And while you have this like esteemed job and amazing, you know, like you're on paper and off paper to me, very successful. Right. Thank you. But you've also gone through a lot of stuff in your personal life and you have found success through that, but through making difficult choices and advocating for yourself. And that's honestly more of what we wanted to talk about because I guess what you know, what we want to talk about is like, were you always someone that was like, when you decided to get divorced, like that's not easy to make that decision, knowing that like, you're going to have to split time with your kids, things like that. And now we want to hear about this, but the, yeah, I, mean, custody, I think it's like, it's like, you were talking about in, you know, were you always like this? And it's funny, you know, as you're like, my kids are becoming of like an age where they're starting to build an identity in middle school. I'm like, what was, you know, you go back to who you were. And I'm like, I just never, I always did my own thing. I didn't really care. Like, I only know how to be my truth. And I don't know, maybe my mom was very much like that. Like she was what she was and that was it. 
So there's a little bit of like, that's inside me. And then I don't know. I mean, you know, like he got more successful and I got judged. And if, when I look back, I'm like, how the fuck did I get through that? Yeah, that was and a I tough survived. time. And I'm still at work and I'm still doing well. And I wasn't, I sort of leaned into it because I was like, this is my truth. And yeah, I wasn't happy. I wasn't in a scene marriage and I thought I was going to give up on life. And this person made me feel alive again and believe in myself again. And yeah, maybe there were some errors along the way, but I just didn't hide behind it. Cause I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to (laughs) be like, I can talk about myself. You don't, I don't want you to talk about me behind my back. Like this, this affair ain't no secret. Right. (laughs) So we need to tell our listeners about this story. Well, let's start with, Wait, there's so much. Right. So let's start with what age did you get married at? And I like, got married. When did you meet your ex-husband? So tell us I, a little bit about that. So I was living in New York, working in the music industry, and I moved here in 2008. For I was working at Sony at the time, and I thought I would be here like a year because I was like, I don't drive. And I met this guy, and it was after dating. You know, just you know, New York. It's like yeah, I love the New York. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're you're spiraling, and I'm like, I just want. <laughs> I just needed a friend. I wanted someone to like, I didn't know LA. It was like a weird time. And I was also just turned 30. And I met this guy and I, I literally hated him from the minute I met him. Wow. Okay. Like, you know, when there's love at first sight, I had the opposite. Okay. Like everything about this guy. He was like a bragger. (laughs) We had nothing in common. He was like culturally just like so void of anything that I, I think... I was pregnant with my first daughter and I was like, oh, so it's too late to get divorced, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is so sad. So you, how, how did you but end up marrying? He just would not, he wouldn't leave me alone. And I was okay. alone and and I was like, sure, we're going to go to Venice and ride bikes and day drink. like. And that just turned into a pregnancy that turned into wow. Before a marriage. marriage. Okay, so you got married. We now. were engaged. Then we got pregnant. Then we got married. Okay. And then you're already in what you thought was like where you were supposed to be at 32. Right. Well, that's the big thing, right? Is this a big point of this podcast is like, we've all unknowingly subscribed to what success and like having it all looks like. So when you're 30, like, you know, we're both 31. And like, that was kind of why we, this was born. We were both kind of like, well, we chased all the things that we were supposed to have. And like, where you come up for air and you're like, what's going on? I wish that like, I mean, I love my mom and I'm so grateful, but like this was a person who every time I had like a period cramp would be like, another baby. Not oh being my God. You know I mean? Like that's the level. So like when I hit 30, I was like, I, the pressures. there was never like, I'm so proud of you. You like made it in New York or right. you did this. It was like, well, aren't you, don't you feel bad that like Sue from whatever is having her third baby? And you're like, don't give a fuck about her. Like, yeah. didn't you notice? Like, I just got moved to LA. I'm like, yeah. I bought this huge office. And yeah, so I think I can't help that that was, A, something I always really did want, but also I didn't have a mom that created a blueprint for me to be like, I think most people freeze don't. Freeze eggs, get a sperm donor. Like, but it's also a generational that's thing. Generational. Yeah. And, it's and not... that's not her, yeah, it's generational. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Like my daughter now is like, mom, should have gotten a sperm donor. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. 
And so she's like, I'm just going to have a boyfriend and then have a baby on my own. And Guys, like, we need her on the podcast. Yeah, she's <laughs> oh, yeah. wise. Okay, so you got married. You had your first child. So you got married kind of out of, not fear, maybe fear. A little bit or, of fear. Wait, or, maybe what you're supposed to do. Yes, right? you were supposed to do that. And that like age. on paper, you know, like meaning, you know, marrying a guy that like one of four like me. Yeah. Grew up Irish Catholic, like tall, all the well things educated, you were supposed to like, do. All the things. Really nice to me. Did, yeah, the nice did guy. the things. But like when you really think about it, I'm like, what did like all of my older daughters always like, what did you guys even talk about? That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel that way about some of my exes. And I'm like, what did we talk about? <laughs> um, I don't really know. So then I had to get a job after a year. I got I was working at MySpace. Love when it. I went on I saw that on leave. LinkedIn. I was like, I love this. Don't want to brag, but, but you and Tom. <laughs> I'll pull out my emo pics uh, after this. <laughs> and so I had to go back to work at a year. I went back kicking and screaming. I worked for, I started at Beats. And then after I, you had your first yeah, daughter. And then I started traveling and doing like going international. I mean, it was like such a fast, fun job. And, um, you know, I had said at the beginning, I'm only going to take this job if I can leave every day at five to be with my daughter because I'm going to put her to bed. I'm going to give her a bath. Like, I'm going to do all that. And they were like, fine. And I stuck to it. And I think that's like half of my like luck was that I happen to feel confident enough to create those boundaries in the beginning and stick to it. But also working for people that had the mindset, like, just do good work and we don't care. Just do good work. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I stick to it. And I know it's like all this remote stuff happening. It's like, I remember Jimmy always saying, you don't have a boss when you're good. And I think that to me was like, all right, well, I'm going to just be a badass and do the best work so I can go home to my daughter. And so I was traveling and I was going to have the second baby because then you're like, shit, I better have the second baby because... No, you were committed to that. But again, it's society norms. And I wanted like two. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm almost 35. And, you know, I got a blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming and I'm like, I'm ovulating. First try, got pregnant on the first try. And my mom was like, oh, is that the best decision? And I'm like, this is mom who was like, who wanted time to have babies. She was like, kind of like, wow. Is this because of your husband? I think she just knew instinctively, like Like you weren't happy. This isn't really you. Yeah. This is weird. Um, Isn't that funny though, that a mom that pushes and pushes and pushes, because I've like, my mom is, is both traditional and not like she has both sides. We're getting generational and she's from Iran and whatever, but same thing where it's like, Sometimes it's like, you were the one that told me this is what I should do. And now I'm, you know, two babies deep in your case. I mean, it's, it's exactly right. Where but she's we also like, have to realize that our parents evolve, maybe at totally. a slower pace than us, but we evolve and they evolve too. And they evolve from like seeing, having four kids and seeing yeah. them well, in yeah. their own marriage and like their own reflection. And, and she knows me and knowing that like there was something off, like I wasn't truly fulfilled and happy. And I remember after my second baby, I was on maternity leave and Cole was there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. It was very public. It was very public at work. And there was a lot of work transitions that happened. And yeah, Beats got acquired by Apple. Yeah. And he just stopped talking to me and got back together with his wife as if nothing ever happened. And I have a nine month old. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy. And a, like, 
two-year-old and I'm by myself sitting at a desk. But that was probably such a blessing because it made you take action of your life. Yeah. I mean, I had already moved out, but like this is a oh, guy you had moved out. who, and I didn't leave my marriage because of him. I left my marriage because I was unhappy, unfulfilled. I knew I wasn't being true to myself and my kids were still young. And I, I also knew that I wasn't being honest and I'm not a cheater. I'm not, I'm like, that's it like Mm -hmm. fundamentally is like not who I am. Like it doesn't bring, like I'm a straight shooter. So I had to just be like, I'm in love with someone else. Like, this isn't fair. I will never love you this way. Right. And I am robbing you of an opportunity to build your own family, which he's gone on to do and is way better suited with another woman and has probably will be together forever. So like, I kind of gave him a gift because there's nothing, you know, cheating isn't a reason why you end a marriage. It's a symptom of a bigger issue. Of course. Hindsight therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this guy was like skyrocketing to fame, back together with his wife, being like courted by like this, while I'm like sitting with like the scarlet letter in my office, like living in, moved to Marina Del Rey, like an 80s movie, like where all the divorcees (laughs) go. (laughs) And then how long till you got divorced? You were separated. I was separated and then we got divorced and- he kind of did like a bait and switch. He was like, I'm going to pretend we're together until I'm just in a safe place with someone else and then get divorced and then remarry right away. Oh, that's what he did yeah. recently. Not recently. But I mean, I feel like he's he's like on his second baby. He's going to have a second baby. Oh, wow. Okay, an insecure man. Yeah. Someone waiting in the wings. Yeah. So how do your like emotions feel through all of this? I'm I'm sure it's like very turbulent, like up and down, like constantly. Like how do you find you balance yourself? How do you ground yourself? Yeah. And you're a mother and you have this, you know, you're an executive. So, you know, like balancing all of that at once. And then you're a woman on top of that. So it's like, yeah, yeah I still got to get those eyelashes done. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find time to get the highlights. Yeah. I'm like, like, that's the thing with COVID. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Y'all put on a hat and I have, I'm like, my hair hasn't been done. I have to put makeup on. Like, what do you think? But like to do all of those things, you need to find time to ground yourself or you need to at least have something I'm sure to like make you come back to yourself. How did you get through that? I my mom hates when I say this. I'm like a drinking problem and a sense of humor. No. (laughs) (laughs) Alcohol does help. Um, No, but I, I think that the only thing constants change. Like if I, I always go back to like the hardest part I've had and it's always moved. Like, you know, it's moment, they're like clouds and weather and feelings. They, they pass by and you have to learn from it. Like I said, I mean, I really believe like it teaches you humility because I'm like, you can't hurt me. I've been hurt. You know, you don't know hurt until like, your baby's been like ripped out of your arms by like your ex and things like that. And, you know, you have to find it's, it's made me like have to find peace within myself. And I realized like to be in control of your life and find happiness, you have to like love yourself and be happy, be enough for you because my kids can't complete me. You know, my husband can't complete me. Mm -mm. Like money won't complete you. It's like, I just have to have, and it's just, because I've had these low moments that it it teaches you gratitude. gratitude. So how did you find out? How did you like start loving yourself? 
Well, have you seen me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you clearly have this like self-love you do. aura You have this you. confidence. Has it always yeah. been this way? You know, I, I really believe that my mom gave it to me. Okay. And my dad. I mean, I'm not taking away from my dad, but definitely my mom. You know, I was, I look back and she always made, like, like I said, we didn't grow up with like a lot of money. It was never about that, but she always made me feel like I could always come home so I could always fail. I always had a safe place to fail. And safe place to fail is very important. Always thought that I was the best, you know, like I, I was just like, you know, thought I was really smart, always believed in me, always backed me. I had no pressure. There was no pressure other than the baby thing. There was no like, why didn't you get an A or I need you to go to this college? Like, so right. you didn't feel like you had to be perfect. You would just be yourself. Yeah. Which helped you embrace your authenticity and in turn love yourself for who you were. Yeah. There was no like idle, you know, weird expectation of me. In the, you know, darkest hour when all this is happening and you're like, you know, about to get a divorce, did you have moments of like, what did I do or self-doubt or like, what was your headspace then? And like, cause that's, I feel like when you're challenged in that way, I don't know, is there something active that you do to be like, I need to get myself, I guess you had your kids. So it's like, you the kind kids of help. But when I then didn't have my kids, it was like right. some low times, but I moved by the water, the Marina, because I was like, you know, at least if I wake up every day with the ocean, like I'll, I need to feel like I'm on vacation, that this isn't like my new life. This is like, I'm on vacation for a little bit with my kids. Right. <laughs> and then I spent a stupid amount of money on psychics, which I know. I feel like I've, that's a thing. I, I've done that. You know that. what it is? It's like, you're looking for someone to tell you that Answers. it's going to be okay, okay yeah. or that there's hope. And everyone's like, you need therapy. I'm like, I don't want to look back and analyze my life or my decisions or why I made those decisions. I need to look forward and I need to know that there's hope and forward momentum. But I mean, honestly, it's like also having great friends. Yeah. Having like people to rely girlfriends that you can be, you know, completely raw and honest with that aren't competitive. Yeah. You know, the people that are like, oh my God, you had a bad day. Wait till mine. Or, you know, like more like, a little self-deprecation. <laughs> I want to like revert back to the self-love for a second though, because so I grew up in this environment where I was so loved by my family and I always used to be like, I had such a perfect childhood, which I still believe I did. And, but then I went to therapy and it's like, I started to realize I have this like perfect little girl complex. And I, you know, did get extra validation when I got that straight A or when I, you know, did well in school or whatever it was. And it was always like striving to be better and, and need to get here. And then I would get more love and whatnot. And I only realized that till now. And honestly, like, you know, I, my whole life has been very planned. I was very type A, went to school, then moved to New York and got the job and did well and rose in the ranks and like all of those things. And it wasn't until like COVID where I finally had the like inner journey and realized like, who am I? What, what do I want to do? And like, other than do, like, can I just be like, what will certain things come up? And also like getting pregnant, that was me fully like letting loose. This wasn't planned or anything. And it's so beautiful what happens when you let go and not chasing and the perfection yeah. and whatnot. But the reason why I ask is that like, like, what would you recommend to like, like foster self-love because, you know, you could have all the right things and do all the right things, but self-love and fulfillment to me tie very hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I still don't think I have full self-love. Like it's a work in progress for me. It's therapy and coaching and, and kind of changing the dialogue in my head. Yet 
quote unquote, my entire life has been great to the naked eye and has been amazing. And so like, why don't I have that fully? Like, why isn't it part of me? And I think like, you know, when I think of like raising my child, it's like, how do you foster self-love from the beginning? Sorry, I mean, that was a loaded question. No, I know. I mean, but like, we're all trying to figure it out, especially as parents, when you become a parent, like I don't, you know, I'm like, I've already first step, fuck up, divorce. Like, right. You know, so you're always feeling that. But I'm like, I, I used to say this growing up too, like, there are no rules. Like all of these are make-believe rules that They're we live with. Like, the, everything that we're, and even if you think you don't follow it, it's subliminal. Like, because so there's just, subliminal. it's everywhere. And I think if you can get away, like from, like I was watching this TV show, um, it's a book. The one with Claire Danes, it's Fleischman. Oh, I see the the billboard. Yeah, for I, just, it I just watched one episode, but it was like it it was a lot about like divorce. They got divorced, and but it was also a lot about like keeping up with others and that New York life. And I think it is like some days I'm like, should I just move home to Pennsylvania because like people really I mean, they care about like the Eagles and like. <laughs> you know, going to the local soccer game. Like they're not trying. I mean, I'm sure there's their own little thing, but yeah. it's definitely different. And I think it is hard, especially when you transition from like being a working executive in on a coastal city where people do have money and things. It's really hard to detach a little bit of that being attached to like, not self-love, but like some form of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I think when you just start to like detach from giving a fuck, Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because, like, you know what? You know the only people I'm jealous of? Happy people. And happy people are simple. It's simple. It's like so simple. When you can just go, go to who, what really is your truth of making you happy. Like, I realized that because I had to find myself in all this free time when I didn't have my kids. And I'm like, I love going to this dumb dive bar by the beach and listening to this cover band play <laughs> like, you know, Neil Young, Harvest Moon, badly. Like, <laughs> and, you know, getting beer drunk. Like, right. Cause, and maybe because it reminds me of like my former self when I was like younger or how I grew up or Pennsylvania or mm -hmm. something. But just like every time, and I say this, just go back to the beginning. Go back to the simplest times. Because there were was a chance where you didn't even know the difference between self-love and love, right? Yeah. Like you weren't even old enough. But like, who are you when you really strip it down? Yeah. And it's getting back to the sense of like playfulness. But I yeah. do find you can never find that if you don't allow yourself stillness and stop doing and just being for a bit. Like we're so used to this, like go, 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 at least like coming from New York, you're constantly supposed to be doing something. But 
for me, it wasn't until COVID where I'm like literally in Vermont with cows on the side of the street, like quarantined in this place and there's no seamless and Amazon and all the things I have to cook my own food and all the things that I finally realized like how nice it is to just be and like discover who I am and not be so bogged down by the noise for that to influence my decisions and how I choose to show up. But I don't know if you don't have stillness, if you're still able to tap into that part of you. Yeah. I mean, I think COVID did that for a lot of people in different versions of like, you kind of had to be with yourself and you're like, I mean, even I'm like, do I really have like no hobbies? Like maybe I'm not good at anything. so tied to like identity. identity becomes what you do. Yeah. Like you're like, this is who I am, but is that who you are? And it's like this, I love the way you framed it as make-believe. It is so make-believe. Like that is so much of what I've been asking myself. Like I'll do something or want to go somewhere. And then I just ask myself, why? I'm like, why is this important to you? Like who, like, do you actually want to do this? Or do you want to like take a picture there? Or do you want to see someone there? But coming back to yourself takes a lot of drowning out the noise. It's also hard as like, even I'm like, oh, I should have like a fancier purse or something. Mm -hmm. Or a car. Okay. So this is my car story. I got a Rivian truck. Cool. Well, I don't have it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, one electric, whatever. It was my friend worked there. I was going to get early. I get the sexy truck. I'm like one of the first to have it. People are following me. I'm like, I don't want this attention. And I'm like, I hate driving. I hate cars. People are following me. I'm so annoyed. All this money is tied up in this dumb car. I'd much <laughs> rather like do some, much rather go to Erwan and spend and money stupid crazy things. Yeah. And I was like, I just want a key. Like, I just want a key. I yeah. don't want this key that sometimes works, sometimes I'm like banging it. So I like sold it and I bought myself a 2006 like LR3. I love and that. And it's just, and I love it. I love it so much. And I'm like, this is, I'll just have it for a few years. But it's like, I'm almost kind of maybe going crazy. I'm like, I got a landline. I'm like, I love talking on the phone. But like you're going back to the basics. Because, and you know, they always like after COVID, so many people are nostalgic for just like simpler times. But it's true. And it's even like, I'll try to buy these purses. I'm like, get a life. You really love a tote bag. And like, just be honest with yourself. Like you try so hard. I get all these fancy clothes because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm 40. I'm going to be 45. I need to dress like who? Yeah. I mean, who is this person? It's important who to analyze the intention behind why you're doing something. Exactly. Because right? so often we do things just because like Jasmine has this amazing like bag. So, you know, what? I think I should get this bag, but am I doing it because it will make me happy this bag or am I doing it so that I can quote unquote fit in or like have the it bag or whatever so other people can see. So I think if we really get clear on the intentions behind why we do things, we'll start to be much more self-aware on, you know, are we doing this for ourselves or are we doing it because of society? And then being satisfied with it. Like I always see you and you're always like, you know, you got the jewelry, so coordinated. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, should I do that? Do I need to do that? No. But I'm like, I'm never going to wear, like, I will never put a watch on. Like, just be honest I'll never with wear this watch, but. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. No, she, like, you you know. do look put together a lot. You're though. always, like, it's very so funny put together. because I just was venting to my sister about, because I don't have my own place yet. And I was like, I'm so disorganized. I'm so disheveled. I live out of my car, like. Yeah, you still never have nice seen. earrings on and I'd necklace. It's and never, it's never what it seems. It's never what it seems, right? But again, it's the intention. Because in my mind, I'm it. like, I feel like a mess. But that's the thing, and I think when you realize, like, 
especially in just going back to like dynamics between women, it's like when we just disarm each other, like you, I know you're just as like confused and insecure as I am. Do you think, it, do you think it is? Of course, I completely agree. I mean, agree. for the most part, I'll give you like maybe 90%. Then there might be like 10% of like- Well, I think you have to TBDs. work really hard. To, I do have to work. I had to work On very hard. Too. Yes. To like- not be confused and insecure. And most times I am confused and insecure. But you wear it. You come and you're like, I don't know. There's nothing. And I think that's why you attract people because you're people vulnerable. feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vulnerability. Vulnerability right? yes. is my biggest superpower. I always say that. People, I used to ask me in interviews and people were like, what's your biggest strength? And I'd be like, vulnerability. And they'd be like, that's not really what I was looking for. I'm like, yeah. but it's so true. It's, it's not a yeah. hard skill. Yeah. It's a soft Touch skill. Because <laughs> Sorry. It enables you to create but really deep relationships yeah. with people and not have surface level conversation, which we were just talking about. And like, if, you know, Jasmine and I, how we met, like if I wasn't super vulnerable and she wasn't super vulnerable that day, we wouldn't have connected like we are and we wouldn't be here today. And I really think like vulnerability is such a superpower. And I think often, you know, we're, we're told that it's not, or it's not the right place for it not in the workplace or whatnot, but then we lose our magic. It, this is nailed it. And that's the thing is like, you know, as separate from being a mom, but being a boss, not just to females, just to anyone. I'm like, if you don't feel safe to be vulnerable in your ideas, in maybe what you're bringing to work, if you've had a bad day or if you're, ha- you know, you're off or you're dealing with stuff. If you don't feel that, you can't tap into what your magic is in whatever you're doing. I, I don't think. True. I mean, maybe I it's because the type of work I do. And maybe if you're an engineer, you have to bring something different. But like, sure. I can only speak my language. And so similarly, I'm like, that's so important to me is like to create safe places. I completely agree. I actually had a business call with a restaurant group about a partnership. And the woman who led it, who had this like crazy resume and was so awesome, like on paper, she just was very hardened and like very intense and she wasn't collaborative. And I was like, I don't really know if I want to partner with this type of person. Like this doesn't seem fun. There's a lot of ego in this. And I almost like my first instinct was, you know, to go more insecure. And then after I was like, that person is must've been really hardened by the world. Like being like, you can't bring emotions into work and you can't do this. And you basically being like, you can't be yourself because I'm like, no one, especially women don't start that way. No. There's like a softness to women typically, especially if you're a mother that softens you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's like tone of voice for me and gut. And like my, I trust my gut on so many things. So if I was listening to someone like that on the phone who had like a hardened and weird tone of voice, I just like, I just don't want to work. I'm interviewing baby nurses right now. And I don't even know all the questions to ask, but I can tell after like a minute on the phone, if I want that person in my house for three months, like, it's just like a, it's a gut feeling. And I think as women, we have this magic of a gut feeling, Mm -hmm. but if we don't take time to be still and listen to it and instead listen to all the noise outside of us and people's opinions and what other people will think we should do, then we start losing this connection with ourselves. And it's always like, how do you get back this connection? How do you become more in tune with yourself and let that guide you forward versus anyone else? Okay. That's what I wanted to ask you. So obviously it was a really hard time when you're like, you know, just given birth, you're still breastfeeding, you're having this affair, you're unhappy in your marriage, you're working, you're doing all these things. You're very busy. (laughs) Super busy. But in a way, it sounds like although it was hard, you were still being true to yourself, right? You were being honest about the fact that you're, because like 
that's also very vulnerable having to know, like knowing when to quit and be like, this isn't right for me. I need to pivot. Well, I think that goes back to your gut and trusting your gut. And I didn't trust my gut. Like I knew like my marriage was never right. Mm-hmm. I knew this was not for me. And I'm like, but I can deal with anything. Like I'm a like, I'm one of those people that can persevere. Like I can find the bright spot in this. And um, I wasn't listening to my gut. And, you know, as much as like divorce is so common and you sort of like people, you know, okay, they're divorced, whatever. You just sort of just say it. It actually like, there's still so much judgment and especially, so much. and then doing like for my family, I remember telling my mom and it was like so foreign to her. And, you know, I always say I ran through the sprinklers of judgment, but she's like, but he doesn't beat you. He's not an alcoholic. Well, I'm like, that was up for debate. <laughs> and <laughs> You're like, you know, there's all these things that, you know, you would assume is the only thing that would push you towards a divorce. And it's even hard to be like, yeah, to your family, I cheated. And then then it feels like, oh, it's your fault. Not why would you get to that point? Yeah. Why did you, you cheat? Know, how did you get to that? It's like all of a sudden the blame. But I was like, it felt so free because I don't want to hold secrets. I didn't want to hold this this feeling in my gut that was always wrong. Like I can't put a word to it. And I say it too. It's like, Scott Peterson, people thought that was a nice guy too. You know what I mean? 100%. Not every person. And also sometimes you don't want someone who's just described as the nice guy. As Cole says. And that's okay. I want the, let's leave the nice people for who gets me my Starbucks in the morning. Yeah, like exactly. I want, That's the nice guy I want to deal with. I was, <laughs> Starbucks. Well, I was in a sorority at USC and it's funny. I will say this Sorry is a little- Sorry for your loss. I know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was like, you know, it was a little obviously toxic, has its own stuff. But one thing that they did say is they're like, if someone, if all you can describe is nice, uh, like yeah. I kind of rather someone just be honest and themselves. I think that's what people gravitate towards is like authenticity. Nice is a very bland word. Yeah. It's like, if you're just like, Oh, they're really nice. It's like, okay. I mean, is that code word for something like nice? Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, and also it's like coming back to like the bigger topic that we're talking about here. It's like connecting with yourself. You want someone who's connected, like even as friends, right? That's what's beautiful when someone's really connected to themselves. Yeah. And someone who's like, yeah, true to themselves and who does the work and is expansive because through that you can both grow together instead of one person just staying status quo and you're on your path. Yeah. Well, that's definitely the 30 year old, 30 plus version of like when I was in my twenties, I wasn't filtering people like yeah. that. I wish I was. I mean, if you were, I'd be like wildly impressed. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I think we all have our, <laughs> like the- we all have our inner journeys at different ages. And I think, you know, some people don't even have them till like, they're like 60, 70 years old. Right. So I yeah. feel very grateful that, you know, for me, COVID really enabled me to have that. And obviously I was very privileged during it. I had a roof over my head and I had food and I, you know, wasn't struggling to survive, but it really did that for me. So I'm always grateful for that time. But Sarah, what I love so much about your story is it seems like, you know, at the beginning, when you first started out and you found your, your husband, you weren't connected to yourself. You were kind of like, just like, 
you know, going along and you were doing things maybe based more on society mm-hmm. or what you should do or what looked good on paper. And now it's really come full circle, right? Because now you're just like, this is who I am. This is my authentic, vulnerable me. I'm going to, you know, color outside the lines. I'm going to be in touch with who I am. I listen to my gut. I do things that feel authentic to me. And you really came like full circle. And if that's not growth, like what is, right? Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I always go back to to the idea of being humbled, but, and I think in a way that's what COVID did for a lot of people too. It's just like, we slowed down and had to take stock of our life and, and realize that all the things that we fill the void with, we had to almost cut off. That gives you perspective. And maybe it was a gift a little bit, like the shutdown mm-hmm. um, for a reset button. It's just what you do with it. You know, how do you just say, you know what? I just have to be true to myself. Yeah. Okay. To wrap up, I think also something that I really admire is that I like love when like now I've always felt this way, but now, especially I'm like, you've met a new partner who would you say he's the love of your life or like, what's your, you know, you want to talk briefly about that, but you're extremely happy and you have stepkids now too. And I think like, I just like when it's like there's an unconventional route to quote having it all because no one's having it all should look the same. And I think that's the fallacy in life is like people think it like it's one size fits all, but like we're all so different. Or that it's linear. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we have different paths. You know, it's like candy land. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Different. (laughs) Or was it shoots and ladders, you know, like there's different paths to like (laughs) whatever you do, but like there's different roads to family. Like I always wanted a big family. I have a big family now because I have four kids. Right. You know, two are stepkids, but you start to realize like what is love and what is family and you know, you build it differently and you think about it differently. And even being together is such a gift that we're so present with. And it's almost like, you know, I don't call, I call us team family six because there's almost like, we're all living this very dynamic life where we're managing multiple households and different parents and, you know, different points of view. But that's when you bring it all together, it adds up to be something bigger than it is. Mm Mm-hmm. The way a team does. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I say unconventional in the best way because it's like, that's not what our parents' generation would be like. This is picture perfect, but it like, it is. And you're happy ultimately, right? That's, and what you said earlier, I love, like you're only jealous of people that are happy. We like to like wrap up the episodes with a few questions. One of being, we kind of covered some, but like if you were to, our whole thing is like demystifying this idea of having it all. If there's like fallacies that you wanted to, like a fallacy about success or happiness or life. Or being busy or being productive or all of these like hustle culture, like buzzwords. Yeah, like, is there a fallacy? I hate buzzwords. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's gross. You know, just going back to like being able to reinvent at a later age and fall yeah. in love. It's like, I think it's really important to have an active sex life. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like in a relationship and like, I think it's very healthy. That's also another thing is like, I I think people say stagnant, but it's like, you really got to like keep passion and sex in your life to feel just like a woman, to feel satisfied, to feel all the things that that brings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know like, (laughs) it's kind of weird, but it's like, you know, you almost feel like you have to be a mom or busy or this or that. And I'm like, 
when you kind of get to do it all over again in it backwards in reverse or however I did it, yeah. it's like dating in your late thirties and then falling in love at 40. And then, you know, coming into like a new version of your sex life again and reconnecting with that. That's like really important because I always like, again, my young self is like, you kind of hang up the hat. You can't be hot. You're not doing, you know what I mean? Like in yeah. a way you sort of, it's like, no, but you can still have all of that. And it's just like, keep rewriting your own story and your own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no specific age you have to do it by. Like that's again, a fallacy. You can do anything on your own time. And I think I I struggled too, as I, my new partner and I were talking about, you know, the idea of having another child and that's for another episode. <laughs> but, you know, he's older than me. So he's like, well, I don't want to be the old guy at pickup. And I'm like, all of that is driven by fear. And mm-hmm. don't let fear be a reason why you don't do anything. Yeah. It's like, who gives a fuck? Well, we fear, make our own rules. Write your own story. Exactly. Well, fear is what drives you to those decisions that I think ultimately every decision you've made has gotten you where you are today, which is perfect. However, fear is always going to be the things where you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Or I wish I did do that. Like that, I feel like fear, making a decision out of fear leads to more regret. I got that advice once, never make a decision out of fear. Yeah. Sometimes or it's hard. It's to, so hard yeah. to do that. And most decisions can be undone. Yeah, that's true. Except like, a child. Except a child. But also like most decisions, like regardless if it's from fear, you learn from them. I don't believe in the word failure. I think everything is a learning and you get to like your next step and you're constantly up leveling yourself and you keep learning from all these decisions. So I I think a big fallacy for me is this like notion of like failure. Like, And also like, and I say this, like some, not everybody needs to get to the top of the mountain. You know, like sometimes it's also being like, maybe I'm okay being just like ordinary. Or, and I, ordinary is maybe the best, but like, maybe I'm okay so just yeah, being- what's wrong with ordinary? Just going through what's like the motions, like a having life? a job that like provides enough security, enough satisfaction, and you have different levels of balance. And it's like, yeah, you may, you may go to a couple dinner parties several times a year and be like, oh, they have this and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, you're like, whatever, that's who I am. I think there's, again- it always goes to like, keep it simple. Yeah. There's so much beauty and simplicity. And and when we're living in this world with so much excess and consumerism, you get really like caught up in all oh, that. And social media. I was yeah. going to say, I actually, I love that. And that's something I think about a lot. I was like, what's this like, because truth, like being vulnerable, like, you know, what's this like voice inside of me? It's like, you have to do better. You have to be like, we all want to be better than average, but like, it is hard in a world where a lot of people and systems reward yeah. those external things. So if you're like, you know, especially living in LA or New York or these coastal cities, any big city is going to have this where it's a little bit like keeping up the Joneses, who has what. Not saying I want to surround myself with those people, but I know people even personally who've who care more about that. You know, and I'm like, mm, they're great people, but they have a little bit of like a tendency toward X being a little bit of a social climber or this and that. So I think it's hard to like not expect that of yourself when you see it being rewarded around you. Yeah. I think it's also like, I'll go to people's houses and it'll be really like perfectly curated and beautiful. And I'm like, okay, I finally maybe have the money to like mirror this and make this like (laughs) curated, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I'm like, I, I just painted my kitchen pink. You know why? 
Because I fucking cool. love pink. I want to see a picture And it of looks that. beautiful. And I can always paint it. And that's And you. I love wallpaper. And you know what? Most of my house is wallpapered. If they're, I'm now running out of spots <laughs> that I'm going to do my pantry. Because why not? Yeah, you know what I mean? Not? And it's like, we, let's go back to having fun. And yeah. let's go back to being ourselves. Like, yeah. I, I always say that I, sorry, I know we're running a bit long, but I always say like, when I think about houses, I'm like, I like architecture, et cetera. I was like, I just can appreciate, even with people's style, I'm like, I just appreciate when something is individual. Like, yes. exactly. I don't want it because I hate that we're all becoming copycats. Cookie cutter. Because we're like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, Josie and I the know the, cats, the white like, with the, the, the Jenny know, Kane. The Jenny like, Kane. The Jenny Kane. She's and like, like brought like, it to the masses. And I'm like, like oh. I don't want that style. I like, you know. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if I won the Jenny Kane cabin. Of course. <laughs> the Tahoe one is amazing. Yeah. But no. we all know. But, you know, it is. I think it's also like a little Josie and the Pussycats. Like we're scrolling and who knows what's happening <laughs> yeah. subliminally. Where I'm like, I have no idea. But like, I always say, what would my style be if I didn't have social well, media. Well, if you didn't know what anyone else is doing. Yeah. And I think. I think that would be a great experiment if we all did that for like a month. Yeah, because you have the answers inside. Like you have your own individual eye, but then you're so influenced by everything, which makes it harder to make decisions like walk away from your marriage after having a second kid. Like also, those are yeah. the distractions. Also makes it harder to be like, what is coming from me and what is coming from someone else? Like how do you decipher when there's so yeah, many voices? So many voices. Um, okay, so our last question, quick sentence answer is we always ask, our podcast is called What's the Point? So we always ask at the end, like, what's the point? Like, what is your why for this life? And what is your purpose? Like, what is your mission in this world? It really is. It goes back to where I started. It's, it's to be a good mom and to, and to be able to pass on all the sage advice of all the things I've experienced and not have it be for nothing. You know, like yeah. I would say, I even say this to my team, but especially to my daughters, like, I hope I made all the mistakes to help you kind of be close, you know, not have to make them all, mm -hmm. but you will. And that's okay. But, you know, let it be purposeful. Yeah. Like pay it forward a bit. Yeah. It's always about paying it forward. So beautiful. Well, I know who I'm calling when my child comes. Yeah. Please. Um, <laughs> I, was, I love babies. Calling yeah. in. Yeah. She was like, I was just saying I that I need more friends. mom friends. So. Oh yeah. That was hard. Thank you so Thanks, much. Guys. Sarah. You were amazing and vulnerable and open. And we're so grateful that you shared your story with us. Thanks for including me. I love you. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.